This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. ThePain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard episode 153, part three, ladies and gentlemen, part three. All right, let's look at this. Back here again at financesonline.com. Let's look at data statistics for the future. It says, how much data is created each year in the future? In 2022, the world will produce and consume 94 zettabytes. That is almost unimaginable data, which will only compound with the rise of the number of Internet of Things connected devices. That's what I just told you. So if these guys were truly interested in stopping climate change, they would be trying to reduce the technocratic footprint not increase the technocratic footprint. And as we've said, and this is very important, you have to understand this, they want a system of inclusion. They've said that over and over again, where every single person on the planet is connected to the internet by at least one device, by at least one, right? They want you interacting with the digital world. I told you, the force industrial revolution is about the merger of the physical, biological, and digital, right? They want to take the biological us and merge us in to the system. This is connecting us through the Internet of Bodies, wearable technology and or implants and or injections, and then tie that into the physical infrastructure, which is the buildings and the roads, you know, the cities, the rural areas. That's why they're creating the smart cities and villages. That's tying in the physical infrastructure, All right, it says 463 zettabytes of data will be created every day by 2025. Big data is going to be worth $229.4 billion by 2025. The internet population in 2023 will be 66% of the world's population, and they want to get that up to 100%. Each person will have an average of 1.6 networked mobile devices and connections come 2023. So on average, one and a half devices each. So you have one and a half phones, or you have a phone and a half a laptop, but it'll be at least one and a half. On average, every person will have 3.6 total network devices and connections. The fixed broadband speed will be 110 megabits per second, up from 46 megabits per second in 2018. All right, that's just the amount of data that you can upload uh, and or download. All right, so 110 megabytes per second. Let's say you're uploading 110 megabyte file. You know, technically it should take a second. It always takes a little bit longer. But that's just the ability to upload and download. Download would be, let's say, you're actually downloading a file or you're watching a movie on your phone. 
All right. It says Wi-Fi speed is predicted to go up to 92 megabits per second. There will be more connected devices in 2023, three times the size of the global population. All right. So it says by 2023, if there's, let's say, 7.6 billion people, you're going to have 22 billion connected devices. And how they're classifying a device, I think that would be a personal device like a phone, because there's a lot more than that when it comes to Internet of Things connected devices and smart sensors and everything else that are out there in the Internet of Things. The last time I looked it up, it was something like 25, 30, 40 billion devices. Oh, they have a number here. According to another prediction, there will be 43 billion Internet of Things connected devices. And I've seen higher numbers in the past, I don't think anyone really has a total count. Probably the most accurate would be Microsoft. At least for a while, Microsoft actually ran the operating system that controls most Internet of Things devices. Let's look at this. Data volume creation and consumption in the future. 2022, because this was written in 2021. 2022, 94 zettabytes. 2023, 118 zettabytes. 2024, 149 zettabytes. All right, and then they have a graph here, data volume from 22 to 24, measured in zettabytes. And so those are the numbers I just showed. But you can see the graph if you're watching pain.tv slash gold, or you're going to go over to finances online and look for this. Uh, And then they're showing the graph. So you're seeing the growth from 2022 to 2024. So 21, when this was written, three years later in 24, they were projecting it to actually double. Well, obviously, the more people that you connect up to the system, remember, by 23, they were projecting two-thirds of the world population connected to the Internet. So the more people you connect, and then the more services that you turn into services in the digital space, the metaverse, right, all the smart cities, let's say the e-governments become real – Now people are interacting with the internet more. So you're increasing the number of people connected to the internet, connected to the uh, technocratic slave plantation, and then you're increasing the number of transactions by putting more services online. And again, all this data has to be stored somewhere. It has to be processed. So there's actual physical acreage being used to build the warehouses to store all the computer servers that contain all the hard drives. And then there has to be massive computing power to process all this data, you know, to store it, to process it, to go through it, and then to actually use it for whatever purpose, you know, whatever drives their end goal. Right, so it's all this energy, all this electricity being used to actually uh, run this technocratic system. It says, what is the future of data? If a person on the internet produces 1.7 megabits per second, how much data is created every day per person? The answer would be 146,880 megabytes. This is the amount of data a single internet user produces in a day. Though this figure is a modest estimate. So each of us are producing roughly 150,000 megabytes of data per day just by our interactions uh, with the technocratic system. Again, this is all being stored. There's a whole digital file in you. You're not sneaking around anywhere, folks. goes on to say, as mentioned, each person will have an average of more than three devices connected to the Internet. 
more people will also be online. In the near future, that can be a data deluge. With that, more issues will crop up, including data ownership and data privacy. All right, we've seen all this nonsense in all the talks at the World Economic Forum, uh, all these other panel discussions. Every time they're unveiling a new piece of technology, it's all about your uh, data ownership and your data privacy. Folks, if you're interacting with the Internet through 29 different uh, third-party companies every single day, I'm talking about your phone, your email, every single app you use, all the social media accounts. I mean, it's probably more than 29. All that data is then stored on servers inside these warehouses. You don't own it. You don't control it. And it's not private. No matter what they tell you, that is a complete and total lie. It cannot be governed. It cannot be policed. It cannot be tracked. And you have no repercussions. You're just contributing to your police file. Goes on to say cybersecurity trends also point toward an increase in malware, particularly ones that are related to COVID-19. On top of that, there are insider threats to deal with as well. And then there is the matter of environmental impact, too. Yeah, that's what I brought up earlier. In a day, nearly 2 million tons of CO2 are emitted by the Internet. It is not just CO2 emissions. There is also trash produced by technology. People want to save the environment and are doing that in their own little ways, but some something sweeping is needed to protect the environment. Well, if it were me, all right, if I were the governor of the environment, I would be sitting here telling you, well, let's stop with the industrialized technological system. Let's go back 150 years. Let's undo it all. That's not going to happen. But I'm making the point here that they talk a big game, but they actually don't want to solve these uh, environmental issues they're talking about because they're continuing to grow this instead of shrinking it back down. You know how you would change it? You go back to small local communities and local governments. And those would be the true 15-minute cities. The 15-minute cities of yesteryear. The new ones are fake. The new ones are fake. They've destroyed the real stuff, and then they create a cheap fabrication, a cheap copy, a cheap imitation of what was life of yesteryear. I explained it to you in the form of you know, Native American festivals or uh, what they do in Disney World, Epcot Center, Pilgrim Villages. They destroy the old, and then they create a new one. As Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Pain podcast pointed out, I don't need to go to the rainforest because I can go to Disney World and look at animatronic animals sitting in a rainforest cafe while I eat a crappy hamburger for $29. That's what they do. They destroy the natural world and then they create a cheap fabrication, a cheap copy of it. Uh, in here, there's some really good references. So if you find this article, I'd go through this and you can go look at all the references they use to collect all of this data and put this piece together. I think it's fantastic because it should give you a really good understanding. I know it's still hard to fathom. It's hard to even imagine how much this is, but just just think about it in terms of two Eiffel Towers per day a blu-ray disc being created and then ask yourself how they're storing it 
how they are building the warehouses and the servers and the hard drives and everything else needed to create this thing. Is it real? I mean, is there any sort of super being behind this? How can it actually be done? Can man actually build this system? All right, next up, we're going to look at uh, Zipia.com. It's Z-I-P-P-I-A.com. And this is an article from December 2022. And this is 25 amazing cloud adoption statistics for 2023, cloud migration, computing, and more. And as I've explained to you in the past, the cloud is essentially just a collection of all these giant warehouses called data centers around the world taking up acreage. They build a warehouse. They load it up with computer servers. They load it up with racks. We're going to look at some videos on this. They have hard drives in them and they're storing all this data. And then all that information beams up either through hardwired cables, um, through Wi-Fi, through satellite, and then that information comes and beams back down into your device. So for instance, you're not storing all of your iPhone photos on your iPhone, they're sitting in the cloud, meaning they're on a server somewhere in a data center, and you can access them in real time because it's transmitted to you back through your Wi-Fi or your cell signal or whatever means you're connected up to the so-called cloud. Uh, and this is the way that everything is going. This is how stuff is being stored. So we're going to look at this, this 25 amazing cloud adoption statistics. Uh, before I now go break down data centers and the cloud for you, I want to show you exactly how all this works. Again, this is the data that chat GPT and these other chatbots are accessing the data that needs to be processed. So we need to understand the foundation first. That's why I decided to go through this so you can understand how big the internet is, who controls it, what it actually means, and then you can start to make decisions. Are they actually doing this? I mean, come to some conclusions. Are they actually doing this? Is some of it smoke and mirrors? How can this actually physically be done? Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Zippia.com, Z-I-P-P-I-A.com. Again, this is 25 amazing cloud adoption statistics for 2023. Cloud migration, computing, and more by Jack Flynn, written in December of 2022, so just a couple of months ago. Let's look at this. It says, research summary. The cloud has become a crucial backbone for many U.S. companies, from data storage and databases to servers and networking software. It's an inexpensive and invaluable tool. To highlight just how important the cloud is, we've done our research, which shows that 94% of enterprises use cloud services, 94%, folks. 
67% of enterprise infrastructure is now cloud-based. 92% of businesses have a multi-cloud strategy in place or in the works. The cloud computing, uh, the global cloud computing industry has a market size of $480 billion as of 2022. The United States public cloud market is projected to reach $206.1 billion by the end of 2022. All right, so this shows you how massive it is, right? So 94% of enterprises use cloud services, and 67% of enterprise infrastructure is now cloud-based. All right, so I, I explained to you what the cloud is. Now you understand. It's massive. It's massive. So let's look at this. Uh, for further analysis, we broke down the data in the following ways. So they're going to talk about usage, projections, trends, benefits, and services. So this is a share of corporate data in the cloud over time, right? So this is corporate data, all the data we just talked about they're collecting. And uh, that goes from everything from social media companies to everything else, folks. All of your transactions, your financial transactions, all that stuff is uh, corporate. So if you look in 2015... The share of corporate data in the cloud was at 30%, but by 2022, it reached 60%, right? So all this data, 60% is now in the cloud infrastructure in 2022. But what they're saying is, uh, by the end of 2022, there are 94% enterprise are using cloud services. So now they've already migrated 60% of their data up into the cloud, which is going to be all of the server data centers that I'm going to show you. All right, it says general cloud adoption statistics. Cloud adoption has become far more common over the years due to its many benefits. However, before we dive into those in more detail, here are some general facts about cloud adoption as a whole. It says in 2020 alone, 61% of businesses migrated their workloads to the cloud. The COVID-19 pandemic had a huge impact on many businesses in the United States. For safety reasons, many began implementing remote work plans for employees, most of which wouldn't have been possible without cloud adoption so see that's why covid land the high school theater production as i've said in the past was the great reset right that pushed us into the false industrial revolution which is then the bridge period between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era so one of the big things we're seeing from the third to the fourth this change in operating systems is going from files being stored, let's say, on local servers or files being stored on servers that these companies can access directly to being stored in Amazon, Microsoft, Oracle, IBM uh, cloud servers. All right. So COVID land helped push that forward. All right. Now it says 48% of businesses choose to store their most important data in the cloud. In fact, as of 2022, 60% of all corporate data is stored in the cloud. That means that a majority of businesses use the cloud for storage, and nearly half trust its security and reliability enough to store their more crucial data. So their more crucial data would be what? I don't know. If uh, Citi, if TD Bank, if Wells Fargo, if Chase, if Bank of America, 
while these folks are storing their most crucial data in the cloud, that would be uh, that would be all of your personal finances, maybe your password to get into your bank account. And we trust them, folks. We trust them when we hear that people are being hacked. How do you think that's being done? Well, I mean, they are trustworthy. The CIA, the NSA, have given tens of billions of dollars in contracts to Amazon and Microsoft and Oracle and Google to house all of our supposed intelligence data, which is probably just data they're collecting on you and me. That would be intelligence. You need to know how your citizens are acting, don't you, to fend off any attacks against the government. Goes on to say the global cloud computing market is expected to have a CAGR of 16.3% through 2026, worth an already impressive $445.3 billion in 2021. The global cloud computing market is expected to grow to $947.3 billion by 2026. All right, so it will more than double in a five-year period. That's a growth of over half a billion dollars in only five years. Let's take a look. Cloud adoption statistics by cloud usage. Due to the recent and rapid adoption of the cloud by businesses, it's unsurprising that people are using its services more and more when it comes to the sheer vastness of current cloud usage here are some insights our research uncovered now just so you understand uh, if you're using an android if you're using an apple phone the vast majority of you are storing information in the cloud whether you actually realize it or not if you're using google apps or google uh, business apps or any of these type of things you're storing information in the cloud if you're using uh, amazon or amazon prime you're storing information in the cloud if you're using netflix you're storing information in the cloud all right so you, you are already interacting with the cloud whether you understand what the cloud is you just hear the cloud a lot of people envision you know satellites floating around or something up in the sky now they may being help transmit data and move data but that is not the cloud uh, it goes on to say the average employee uses 36 cloud-based services every day you hear that the average employee uses 36 cloud-based services every day with over 200 cloud services that fall under the category of collaboration for instance, Dropbox, Microsoft Teams, or Google Suite. Now, there you go. There's two that I use, Dropbox and Google Suite. I've been using them for, I don't know, 10, 15 years for uh, my various businesses. goes on to say it's no surprise that employees use several of these services daily. It says the average enterprise uses 1,295 cloud services. In 2016, that number was 1,022, meaning the number of cloud services used by enterprises increased by 26.7% in less than five years. So I, I, you're seeing how massive this is, folks? Massive. It says 87% of businesses have a hybrid cloud strategy. As the name would suggest, hybrid cloud solutions attempt to blend two or three 
uh, sorry, attempt to blend two or more different types of clouds for a specific purpose. This strategy tends to save businesses a lot of money and makes their systems more flexible, which is why 45% of them prioritize some sort of hybrid solution. So, as you can see here, this is where everything is moving. Now, we know the smart cities, the smart villages, the 15-minute districts, all this stuff, are all operated on the cloud they're working with vendors so when they're talking about an enterprise here you can also look at it as a smart city just look at a coral gables a government that's an enterprise well i know of at least 40 i would say 40 cloud-based services that city of coral gables is using it's probably a lot more than that but every time they're working with a vendor a third-party contractor to run the parking meters to run the license plate scanners whatever it may be that service is a cloud-based service so they're collecting data on your license plate through a third-party company xyz license plate scanner that company then has a cloud set up somewhere whether with amazon web services or something like that they're pulling that data from the city you know, scanning your license plate, putting it up into a database stored with Amazon. And then every single vendor that the city is working with is running some sort of a cloud service, all right? So think of the cities, the smart cities, the smart villages as cloud-based as well. Uh, Plus all the hospitals you're dealing with, you know, plus all the law offices, all, all of these folks are storing your information up on a cloud service somewhere. It goes on to say cloud adoption projections. Despite not becoming mainstream until the early 2000s, the cloud has become an extremely popular and widely used tool among enterprises. What's more, as internet use continues to increase over time and remote working becomes even more popular, the cloud will become even more widespread. According to our extensive research, and these guys did a fantastic job, folks, by the end of 2022, the United States cloud spending is expected to reach $90 billion. That's a 27.8% growth compared to 2021. By 2025, there will be an estimated 175 zettabytes of stored data on the cloud. That's a 61% increase from today when this article was written a couple of months ago. That's 175 zettabytes of stored data on the cloud. Where are they storing all this? Well, we're going to break that down. And I just, you know, you'll have to make a decision whether or not you believe it, you don't believe it, smoke and mirrors, is it real? Can it continue? Is this going to collapse? Will it crumble? Is the infrastructure falling apart? Will it fall apart? These are all the questions that I ask myself. It goes on to say the cloud computing industry market is expected to grow by $287 billion between 2020 and 2025. I really believe it's more than that, but let's just stick with with these numbers. By 2026, 45% of all enterprise IT budgets will be spent on the cloud. All right, by 2026, 45% of all enterprise IT budgets will be spent on the cloud. 61% of businesses plan to optimize cloud costs in the next year, all right? So it, it's it's quite obvious, all right? This is the way it's going. So what we're gonna do when we get back, I'm gonna finish breaking this down. I wanna just show you more of this. You folks are gonna walk away with a pretty solid understanding 
of how the internet actually works, where everything is stored, where the data goes to. As we go through this, I'm going to show you some real-life data servers, what it looks like in some videos, and then I'm going to break down for you each of the major players, from Amazon to Microsoft to Facebook to Apple to Google to Oracle to IBM. And we're going to look at how many data centers these folks have around the world. And we're going to start to make some decisions here. We're going to have, is it possible? Can, can the data centers they have store all the data they're collecting? Can they store all the computers that are doing the processing? Can they actually analyze all this data in real time? Can this be done? Is the technocratic prison planet achievable? with the current technology, even if they master quantum computing and everything else, can this be done? Can artificial intelligence run the world? I don't know. I don't have the answers yet. That's what I want to figure out over the next several episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 